What it do, baby? We are back for another edition of The Rogue Pod. I am your host, Hendo, here, and I'm glad that you spent the bye week with me. Today, we are going to talk some Ravens talk, get a couple things out the way, go over what has gone on previously throughout the beginning of the season, and we're also going to speak about a trade. Yes, a trade at the end of the season that may change the course of the Baltimore Ravens as we know it today. But first, I'd like to let everybody know that we are streaming live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Also, if you are an audio listener, I appreciate you. I know I've been slipping on my pimping a little bit, but I'm back in the groove. We getting there, trying to get that audio game, that audio side up because I've been slacking. Listen, I know I wasn't here last week. I apologize. There was a lot of streaming going on and... I was just, I was tired. I couldn't do it. But we are back henceforth from now till forever or 2025, whichever comes first. All right, let's see who we got up in here. We got my man, the Discord killer, Brandon Bizell. He says, I am here. Osmond's in the house. What's going on, Osmond? Appreciate you for dropping by. Don Royale, what's going on? Yes, the Browns. Dr. Dre, what it do? Where is Snoop? We got the chef in the building. He said, Good evening, everyone. Not much. Listen, the only thing that is up right now are the adversaries to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Yes, yes, indeed. We got a little bit of breathing room today. What's going on, Rico? Uh, we got a little bit of breathing room today. Today, inexplicably, inexplicably, excuse me, the Pittsburgh Steelers fell to the lowly Arizona Cardinals. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Also, the Cleveland Browns lost to the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I ain't even going to front to y'all. Joe Flacco did his thing. Joe Flacco, two touchdowns, one interception, 254 yards, I do believe. I was rooting for him. I wasn't rooting for him to win. I was just rooting for Joe Flacco to do his thing. Because, listen, once a Raven, always a Raven. Okay, where you play it. Just don't beat your former team. But each of those teams are now 7-5, and five, which gives the Ravens another game breathing, breathing, breathing room as far as the race for the AFC North is concerned. Now. Question, as it comes to the playoffs, do you want the Baltimore Ravens to get the number one seed? Do we want to be the number one seed in the AFC? Now, for me personally, I'm kind of conflicted. I'm kind of conflicted with it because last time we had the number one seed, we had that bye. Things did not go well with us. But I would love for the possibility of the Baltimore Ravens to host an AFC championship game right here in Baltimore. That is something that I will hope to see in my lifetime. I think we need that game at the bank. How do you all feel about it? I know Coach 
And I know that Jose said they don't want that week off. We don't need that bye. They need to keep playing, get that rhythm, keep it going. But for me, I'm a little bit torn. I'm not certain. My man is starting us off well. Shout out <laughs> to my man, Ghosty, for the $30 tip. <laughs> he said just playing favorites. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you and all that you do, homeboy. That's how we get it. Let's get it. What's up, MDT Sports? Listen. Oh, another tip. Dark Shadows. He said, I like what you got going on here. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. We try to give good content. Now, listen, you know that myself or someone from the crew, we're going to give you some content every day of the week. We live stream pretty much seven days a week. Somebody from the crew is going to live stream seven days a week, but we're also giving you those videos. Make sure if you're not subscribed, like and subscribe to the channels, share with your friends, help us all grow because we have goals over here. Goals. But let's get back into this and let's take a look at the playoff picture as it stands right now. All right, playoff picture in the AFC right now. As of today, the Miami Dolphins are the number one seed. The Baltimore Ravens are currently the number two seed. Now, with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars playing tonight and tomorrow, respectively, these things could change. If Kansas City and if Jacksonville wins their games, the Baltimore Ravens drop down to the number four seed. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, I'm not for certain with Cleveland losing to being seven and five. I think there's a four way tie for seven and five. Uh, three of the teams have a five and three conference record and the Houston Texans have a four and three conference record. So I don't know what the next tiebreaker would be, but as it would stand, if those two teams win, we might be seeing Joe Flacco in the playoffs. How ironic would that be? I don't want to see January Joe. I know a lot of people don't think that he's a great quarterback or he's elite. Probably not, but Come playoff time, and with some weeks under his belt, I do not want to see that man. No, I don't. All right. So, for me, like I said, not a fan of the number one seed for us, but I'm also not a fan of not letting injuries heal. So, I don't know which direction we'll go. We'll just let it play as it may. So, let's go into our game predictions, and let's see what the Ravens have going on for the rest of the season. All right. Next up in next week's game, the Baltimore Ravens take on those pesky Los Angeles Rams who just won and put themselves into playoff contention. They are a playoff team with all the injuries that they have. I know Puka Nakua, he went down today with a rib injury. Hopefully it's not serious, but hopefully he will not play next week against us. For me personally, I think this game is going to be a win. I know we're traveling cross country, but we just came off a game and we had 10 days rest and now we have the bye week so there is going to be no excuse for the team being tired as the reason that we're not prepared for this game the only reason that we would not be prepared for this game would of course be john Harbaugh. he does not get this team prepared to play and this is a game that we could lose i don't see us losing it but it's a game that we could potentially lose then after that we take on the jacksonville jaguars now the jaguars have been an up and down team I think they have some injuries. I know Travis Etienne is scheduled to play tomorrow night against the Bengals. Hope so. But hope he's not healthy enough to come play the Ravens. So that game could also determine seeding in the AFC playoffs. I think that game for me is going to be another win. Then we take on 
on Christmas Day, those San Francisco 49ers. And if you watch football today, you saw the 49ers put a beatdown. And I do mean a beatdown on the formerly one-loss Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I know Jalen Hurts got hurt for a couple plays, but just overall, San Francisco dominated that game from beginning to end. At the beginning of the season, I thought that this game was going to be a loss, no questions asked. Then the 49ers went on a three-game skid. They looked mortal, and now they're coming back into their powers. So this game for me, <sighs> this is going to be a tough one. Um, I think this game for us, us ends up being a loss. So, so far, that will be two and one in our last five remaining games. Then comes the Miami Dolphins. I know we saw what happened last year when the Ravens blew that humongous lead in the fourth quarter. But that was with Kyle Hamilton not playing like Kyle Hamilton is now. Our defense is not the defense that it was last year, even though Tyreek Hill is out here killing the game. With that being said, I don't see the Dolphins coming in here beating us. They haven't beaten a team over 500 all season. I don't believe it starts with us, so that is going to be a win. Then the season finale, we get those Steelers. We get to get revenge on the Steelers, depending upon how the playoff seeding goes, where the Baltimore Ravens are going to be at that time. We may not even need this game, but if we do, for me, this is going to be a win. Kenny Pickett left the game today with a, with a leg injury. I don't know if he's hurt for the season or if it was just this game, if he's going to come back. But either way, that Pittsburgh offense is horrible. Doesn't matter who's behind center, it's horrible. They had that one good game where they switched offensive coordinators and they look like a viable offense. But right now, they just ain't got it. They let the Arizona Cardinals come in and beat them up. TJ Watt is also hurt. So I think for me, that is a big key. Because without T.J. White on the team, that makes Pittsburgh Steelers very vulnerable. Because defensively, without him, they just are not the same team. All right, what we got? That's right, Don, by Eagles. Uh, for me, I thought it was going to be Ravens and Eagles in the Super Bowl. But if San Francisco can keep this up, it may be Baltimore-San Francisco. We may see a rematch of the Super Bowl in 2012. Now, it depends upon how Brock Purdy plays. He's been playing decent. Um, he's had his up and down games, but I just think for the most part, Brock, Brock Purdy's lighting them up. Uh, the Eagles have one of the better defenses, better teams in the league, and Brock Purdy just came in and just wiped the board with him. So, bye, Eagles. I ain't sad to see you go. All right. Chef says, I'm cool with the number two seed if it came down to it. I mean, I take two. I'd be comfortable with two. Um, I don't want to. I don't. I don't know about that one though. Number two. Let's see how it looks right now. Number two. We'd be playing the Colts, huh? And we already saw what we did with the, against the Colts. I don't know if that's a matchup that I really would want, because you know we we tend to play down to the level of our competition, and at that time, Jonathan Taylor may be back. We lost to the Colts without Jonathan Taylor and our team has been susceptible to the run. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I take whatever seed we get. Hopefully it doesn't matter where we land at in the playoffs. We'll just come out guns blazing and do what we need to do. 
What's up, DBs? He says, you're about to lead Arizona, whoop, Pittsburgh, and their new offense. Yeah, they did. And if you were watching Still Conspiracy with myself, Brodney, and Suge, myself and Brodney said, listen, this game is going to be a contest. They're a scrappy team. They play hard. They play together, even though they're not that talented. And they also got Kyler Murray back. So it really wasn't a surprise to me. What's going on, Z the Beast? He says, we are better than everyone. 49ers have more weapons for one Okay. I mean, I can take 4-1. I think that may be the only loss that we do not run the table for the rest of our schedule. Now, my thing is, do we want to run the table? Because sometimes when teams win too many games going into the playoffs, they get this sense of arrogance. They get this sense of undefeatedness. And sometimes we slip up. We saw that back in 2019. We saw it in 2019. We won 14 straight games and... We thought we were going to walk and play. I thought we were going to walk into the playoffs and just come away with a championship, but that did not happen. What's going on, Big Reg? Appreciate you for dropping by. My man Chris McKenzie's in the house. What's going on, Chris? He said, Eagles still have best record in football, though. Yes, the Eagles do have the best record in football, but are they looking like the best team in football? I don't think so. Um, the last five games, I believe, the Eagles have gone to the halftime trailing. In the last three games, they had to mount a late comeback to actually get that win. They pulled it out. Listen, you are as your record as your record states that you are, but to me, they don't look like the team that they were last year. And I know injuries play a, a large part into what they have going on, but they're just not the same team. Um, they say to be the man, you have to beat the man. And the 49ers just beat the man. So to me... It makes them the man. What's going on, Yolanda B? She says, good evening, Rogue family. <clears throat> Yolanda. <clears throat> Excuse me. <sighs> Dr. Ray says, number one seed, that's what we want. I mean, I, I feel you. I feel you. I would love to have the number one seed. I would love to have the bragging rights as to being the best team in the AFC. But as a team throughout our history, we do not fare well as the favorites. Every time we're the favorite, we tend to lose focus and lose games. We love that underdog role. We love people doubting us and saying that we can't do something and coming out and proving them wrong. Like, that's just the team that we are. That's the team that we have been. So I would love to have number one seed, but then again, I don't want the number one seed. I don't want them to come in over cocky and thinking that we can do something that we really can't because truthfully, offensively, this team has not been what we thought they were capable of. It's been an up and down season. We've had glimpses of how dynamic everything can be with Lamar Jackson, but all, all in all, this team really just we went in with we were running with defense as we should because all of our groceries, as coach would say, are allocated to the defense. So I don't know. I'll take it as we get it. Chef says, uh, Hendo, let me take that back. I really want the AFC championship game to be here in Baltimore. Man, I do too. I do too, but We'll see how that happens. Attitude pop. What's going on? It says, if we lose to the 49ers, then we'll beat them in the Super Bowl. If we win, we'll still beat them in the Super Bowl. Okay. Right on, my brother. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter how we go for the rest of the season. I don't want to jinx it, but I think we have the AFC North locked up. Playoff spot is virtually guaranteed for us, and it's just that darn playoffs. It's just that one, the one itch in our craw that we just can't seem to scratch. Like, 
I don't know what it is about the playoffs. I don't know why we switch up the things that made us successful throughout the regular season and try to get cute in the playoffs. And then we end up going down and having to come back. So hopefully this year we can maintain a level of, of even keelness and kind of keep that moving. <sighs> yeah, it's week to week. It's week to week. And that's the facts. Best record don't mean you win the Super Bowl because you can ask the 18-1 Patriots that. They, had, they were undefeated, had the best record, and what happened to them? Went down and they went down hard. Facts, facts, facts. B. James, what's going on? It says you always want a championship, especially at home. Man, I, I I do. I do. But once again, just revisionist history. Last time they got that number one seed, they gave me PTSD. It happened on my birthday. I was out of town. I was watching the game. I'm like, yeah, only thing I want for my birthday, I don't want anything other than them to get this playoff win. And it just didn't happen. So, But, you know, like I said, any way that it comes to us, Pause. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. We got this. We got this locked up because the sales aren't looking great. Um, even as great as the Cleveland Browns defense has been heralded. If they can't score points and if their offense can't sustain drives, it doesn't matter what their defense does. And that's why we try to tell y'all defense helps win championships, but they don't win championships. If you can't score points, you don't win. And he says, long, I was say, as long as we have Harbaugh, I will worry about the buy. Facts. Facts. But we'll get into John Harbaugh later on. We'll talk about him later on and how he helps impact the future of this team. We'll talk about how he's going to make good and, and give us some ammunition to make the Baltimore Ravens even better than what they are. My baby girl, my firstborn, my first love, my first true love, my first child. Jasmine, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was depressing times, depressing times, depressing times. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Next, we're going to talk about the five most important Ravens down the stretch. So in the comment section, please let me know who you feel are going to be the five most important Ravens that are going to help us get over this hump, win these games, and ultimately get to an NFL championship. As for me, my five most important Ravens, going forward are going to be number five keaton mitchell i think with i'm not going to call it a demotion but i do believe that they're utilizing gus edwards a little bit less than they have in the past and i think keaton mitchell and his explosiveness gives us an element to this offense that we did not previously have i think once the coaches decide that they can trust this young man and give him the ball because listen i understand he's on the smaller side but I don't recall him getting injured in college and grown men playing college as well. So I think going forward, they need to ride the hot hand and give him plays that actually work. Don't try to get cute. Don't try these trick plays. Just run that young man until you can't run him anymore. Sprinkle in a little bit of Gus Edwards. Sprinkle in some Justice Hill. Not too much Justice Hill because bad things happen when he gets on the field. But I think for me, number five, Keith Mitchell is going to be our number five most important Raven going forward. Number four. Now, this may be a surprise to a lot of people, but I guess like the monkeys, I'm a believer. He's made me a believer. The fourth most fourth most important Raven going forward to me is going to be Brandon Stevens. 
Brandon Stevens has been locking things down all season long. Yes, he gave up one touchdown, a late 12-yarder to Jamal Chase, but it's Jamal Chase. What do you expect? I think giving up one touchdown, being the primary CB1 for the Baltimore Ravens is outstanding, and we're going to need him to continue to be that lockdown corner that he has been. And even though I've made jokes about this young man, I've always said, put him at a position, leave him there, let him develop, let him grow, stop moving him around. And I think he has become that. Now, with the uncertainty with Marlon Humphrey, we don't know if he's going to be in the lineup, out the lineup. To me personally, if he comes back, great. If he does not, eh, I'm just not, I just don't trust him to be there for us down the stretch. So with that being said, we're going to need Brandon Stevens, especially come playoff time. Because come playoff time, you're going to get the creme de la creme, the best of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And we need him to continue on that trajectory that he is going. <laughs> What's going on, Jose? He said Lamar, 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 and Lamar. And I can't say I disagree with you. All right. ZDB says, number one, Lamar. Number two, Ronnie Stanley. Number three, Matabike. Number four, Brandon Stevens. And number five, Michael Pierce. I ain't mad at that. Osmond says, we got Lamar, Stanley, Andrews. I don't think Andrews coming back. Smith and Hamilton. Well, I'm going to tell you like this. Smith isn't on my list because for me, Roquan Smith always does his job. Like you can count on him every single game he's going to do what he needs to do he's going to get this team pumped up and get him hyped so i didn't even have him on his list because to me it is a given that roquan smith is just going to be there chris says five important ravens on a stretch roquan smith keaton mitchell lamar jackson odell beckham jr on crucial drives gus edwards i would agree i can agree with that and odell we're going to need odell to be that 15 million dollar man that we paid him to be all right number three the third most important Raven going down the stretch for me is going to be Kyle Hamilton. Listen, Kyle Hamilton, and I know I've said, listen, hate the pick, don't hate the game. This young man has been balling out of control, and I do think outside of Roquan Smith, he is he has been the key to this Baltimore Ravens defense. I think he allows this team to do some things schematically, defensively, that we would not have been allowed to do without him out there. He's raised his level of play. It's been high. It's been high all season long. So I think with him just continuing doing what he's doing, because he's playing at an all-pro level, I think right now he has been ranked the number one safety in the NFL to date. So Kyle Hamilton, do your thing, young man. Still wish we'd have got Chris Olave. Uh, what's the other kid's name? Uh, Wilson, I wish we'd have got one of those wide receivers because I still think that we we need weapons for Lamar Jackson. But listen, he's a Baltimore Raven. I appreciate him. He's out here doing his thing. Big Ray says the O-line. The O-line is important because if they don't do their jobs, we lose. Facts, facts, facts. ZDB says the O-line and D-line is the most important. That's football, though. Yes, you build you build from the inside out. If you have, and like the previous number one team in the NFL, and they still might be number one come tomorrow, but the Philadelphia Eagles, the reason that that team is so good is because they have strong top three offensive line. They have a, a strong top three defensive line, and that's what propelled them to the Super Bowl. I know Jalen Hurts has done his thing, but without that offensive line blocking for him and that defensive line getting those stops, he wouldn't be where he is. 
So number two, and with us speaking about the O-line, the second most important Raven going down the stretch to this playoff run for me is going to be Ronnie Stanley. Now, I know this is not the Ronnie Stanley of old. Injuries have robbed him of his once all-pro status. It's not to say that he cannot get back there. I'm not for certain. I just need for him to hopefully get healthy. Hopefully he's getting healthy right now during this bye week because we need him to protect Lamar, to protect his blind side. We also need Ronnie Stanley healthy and playing well because John Simpson is a liability. He's a liability on that offensive line, and sometimes Ronnie has to cover up for his mistakes. All the sacks, all of the pressures that he gives up, it is because he's trying to do too much. A lot of it has to do with he's just not playing well. So I think we need Ronnie Stanley to kind of get things together to try to at least muster up whatever he has left in him for these last seven, eight games. Whatever it is is going to get us to the Super Bowl. I think Ronnie Stanley is our second most important Raven going forward. And, yes, we need Ronnie Stanley. Listen, Eminem said it best. With a real Slim Shady, please stand up. And we need that man to stand up right now. All right. Of course the most important Raven going forward. And I think you all know who number one is. It should be obvious. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. We need Lamar Jackson healthy. We need him playing well. We need Lamar to elevate this team to new heights. I think that he is playing better than, than he has in any time in his career. I think he's playing even playing better than his MVP season, even though the statistics don't provide that accurate account of it. I think just with his with his accurateness, with him being able to audible, check plays, and stay in the pocket, and even with all that, he's still with 16 yards behind the league, behind the team, behind Gus Edwards, and leading the team in rushing. So even without him trying to run, He's still doing Lamar-type things, but I just think that the passing game has to kind of pick itself up because once you get into the playoffs, teams hone in on your weaknesses. And passing has been our weakness for quite some time, so I just think he and the receivers need to get on the same page, get on one accord to keep things moving. But more importantly, above all else, I need Lamar Jackson to be healthy. I need him to finish out this season healthy. No, what's going on, Kobe? Not, not, not hard or Ricard. I don't listen. I don't know what I don't know what it is, and why people like Ricard so much. And for me, if you watch him, his blocking is decent. His blocking isn't anything spectacular. He misses a lot of blocks. And to me, when you put a fullback on the field, you're taking away a weapon. You're taking away a weapon that Lamar can check down to, can get a play. Because if I throw a check down to a uh, hard or Ricard, how far is he going to get? How many yards is he going to pick up after he catches the ball? Whereas if I had Keaton Mitchell and some or somebody else down there, how far are they going to get? A Tyreek Hill. Imagine if he had a Tyreek Hill. And that's one bone I got to pick. Because when Tyreek Hill became available, oh, most of the Ravens flock were like, yeah, that's too much money. He's worth, he's not, he's not worth $30 million. Why would we pay that man $30 million? Well, I'll tell you why you pay Tyreek Hill $30 million a year. In 12 games. Tyreek Hill has 93 catches, 1,481 yards, and 12 touchdowns. That's normally the Ravens' whole wide receiving core combined. Combined. This man has 1,400 yards, almost 1,500 yards 
in 12 games. So not to to, to kind of stay on that, but why not put somebody on the field that's actually going to make a play once we pass the ball? And I just don't think Ricard is that guy. He's he's okay for an occasional little play here, little play there. But, I mean, listen, you can find any free agent washed up tight end to come in and chip block. I mean, oh, you can find anybody to do that at a much lower price. All right, Coco says, Lyle Collins has been cleared for contact. How would you feel about picking him up for depth or emergency? Um, I feel like you bring in any talent that you can, just like I feel like the Ravens should bring in Zach Ertz. I think that the Ravens should bring back Marcus Peters. And I know a lot of people are going to say, ah, Marcus Peters is washed. Marcus Peters quit on the Raiders. Marcus Peters is a troublemaker. All of these things might be true. They might be true. But for me, we need to bring in some dogs. We need to bring in somebody that's a dog and has that mentality of, of Roquan Smith. Because we only got one Roquan. And we got a rest, we got a bunch of other dudes. Now they're very talented, but men, but the mentality of them, they're not dogs. Listen, I remember, and I guess this is also I was all, I was a I was a fan of Marcus Peters when he came out of college and went to Kansas City. But what really solidified it for me was when this six foot, 190-pound man went straight head on with Derrick Henry and tackled him and took him down. No hesitation. And I think that this is one thing that the Ravens are missing. We're missing that quote-unquote dog. We're missing that guy that plays with that Ravens mentality. I don't see too many people playing like a Raven as we have in the past. What's going on, first? Appreciate you for dropping by. Yeah, Rick, to me, he is the league MVP. Like He's made Tua look like an uh, outstanding quarterback. What's going on, Mizzy YT? Shout out to my son. If you like gaming, make sure you go over to his channel, like, subscribe, check him out. My boy does some good things. He does some good things. What's going on with you, AJ? How you feeling tonight? All right, next up, let me know. Who do you feel up to the bye week has been the Baltimore Ravens MVP? Your MVP of the season up till now. And for many, it's probably going to be the same person. It's probably going to be Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is the MVP of the Baltimore Ravens up into this point of the season in many eyes. But in my eyes, of course, it has to be Action Jackson. It's Action Jackson, baby. Listen, even defensively with what we have going on, as stout, as stout as we have been, as close to the 2,000 Ravens as many people claim that we are, I don't think that we are, but listen, you, you can't, you can't put your nose up at 15 points per game. They're giving up 15 points per game. And in today's NFL where all the rules are geared towards helping out offenses and letting them score, I think that is an amazing, outstanding job that they're doing. So for me, Lamar Jackson's the MVP because not too many quarterbacks would come in and be able to win with the ragamuffin bunch that we have on offense. And that's what we have. We have a collection of people that we just threw together and said, all right, go out there, make some plays. So to me, my MVP for the Baltimore Ravens, you know what I mean? It's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Chef, MP, bro, he just brings that mentality. He's he's the Mark Ingram of the defense. And I think that's another reason why Lamar hasn't been the same since 2019, because he had Mark Ingram there to get his, to get his energy and his spirits up. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like we don't have anybody that's getting in people's faces. And I like the fact that he went at Harbaugh. 
I love that fact because it means that you're just not sitting there taking any BS that somebody's dishing out to you. It means that your challenge of thought is like, look, bro, my father's a coach. I know football. And I'm not saying I know more than you, but I know football. And when something ain't right, something ain't right. And I don't have a problem of telling you. We have too many beta personalities. I'm not going to call them beta males. We have too many beta personalities on this team to not stick up and say what needs to be said. So, yeah, MP, come back home. Listen, I don't know what the problem is with Baltimore Ravens fans and bringing in too much talent. And I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, if we bring in this guy, he's going to take playing time from that guy. That's always been our excuse. This is why we didn't sign whomever that was in free agency because we had this guy and we needed to let him see what he could do. But my thing has always been competition. Healthy competition is always a good thing. The best player is going to get on the field. So I don't care if you bring in a Tyreek Hill. If you got somebody that merits playing time, he's going to get playing time because Tyreek Hill is not going to play every snap of every game. So, yeah, bring in MP. We don't know what's going to happen on the injury front. Uh, Rakasin has been a complete and total bust. I'm not going to say I told you so because I saw him in Indianapolis and with the Raiders, but I told you so. I told you so. He was at a, a very expensive bench warmer. Like he's, I don't even think he's playing special teams anymore. So bring in as much talent as you can and let's help get this team over the hunt. Because after this season, the Ravens will not be constructed as they currently are. We have too many free agents. We have too many guys that are going to leave this season for this team to come back intact the way that it is. And every season is different. So let's win now. Like, I need that Super Bowl now. I need to get that chip. B. James said, his five most important Ravens are Justin Tucker. Bruh, Justin Tucker's looking real human right now. He's missed like, what is he, like one in five in his field, last six field goals over the 50 yards? And he's missed so many field goals. The special teams look horrible this year in total. Special teams look horrible, and I thought that was supposed to be John Harbaugh's uh, specialty. I thought that was supposed to be his thing, and, and special teams has just been terrible. And yes, AJ, the pass lost zero to six. And don't get listen. Don't get me started about that. I expect I didn't expect the pass to score zero because defensively um, the Los Angeles Chargers aren't it. But Justin Herbert, how do you put up how you put up two field goals versus the Patriots when I've seen numerous teams score on it? But yet and still, Justin Herbert is the prototypical quarterback. He has the look. He just doesn't walk the walk. But yet and still, if you let them tell it, Justin Herbert is better than Lamar Jackson. I think not. I think not. You're not going to find Lamar Jackson-led teams putting up six points. DeJuan says his MVP is going to be Kyle Hamilton and Lamar Jackson. I ain't mad at you. If you got one for offense, one for defense, yeah. And you're right, we can't stop the run. That is the one thing The one thing that, that kind of worries me about the playoffs is, is stopping the run. And Coach said it early in the stream. If you didn't check out the stream, LBHT, we did like a three-and-a-half-hour stream early today. Check it out. And Coach said, listen, teams have found that they can run to our right side or to their right side, and we just can't stop it. And something needs to be shored up. I know a lot of people want to sign in Dominican Sue, and he they think that they may, may help this problem, but we'll see. Sign somebody because our run game has been letting no-name running backs run over this team day and night. Ferris says, Mike McDonald's the MVP. The defense is flying, man. With the rules against defenses, they have played well. Yes, they have. Like, they played outstanding. They played well and above what we thought the Ravens were going to do. You know, we went into the season and we were like, where are we going to get pass rush from? Who's going to give it to us? We were 
expecting David Ajabo and Odafe Oe to lead the rush of the team. And fortunately, everybody else stepped up. Justin Matabike stepped up. Davion Clowney stepped up. Pete Queen stepped up. Like we've had guys that have stepped up. And a lot of it has to do with Mike McDonald. We're, we're going to talk about him in a little bit as well. Um, him being the team MVP. I think Mike McDonald's getting a little bit too much attention. Like I think he's getting a little too much praise for our liking because it could lead to some bad things, man. Some bad things. Dr. Ray says, for real, I love Mark Ingram as a player person. He brought that energy we were lacking. Facts. Facts. Like he picked Lamar up. He was his hype man. He was his hype man. Even if Lamar got down, he's in his head like, yo, they can't stop you. Who can stop you? It's El Freaky. And he brought that energy and that juice to the offense. We just don't have that now. What's going on here by Lee? He says, Flacco turning the fluke with that interception. <laughs> Look, the man just was on his couch a week ago. He was on his couch a week ago. I tell you what, he put up better numbers than uh, Sean Watson. He put up better numbers than P.J. Walker. He put up better numbers than DTR. And that's with them being with this team the whole season. So, I don't know. I just, you know, that's my, that's my guy. My daughter loves Flacco. My daughter loves Flacco. That was her. That was her guy back then. He says, bring back Jimmy Smith. I wish. Jimmy Smith was, my, was one of my favorite Ravens of all time. When they, I wanted them to draft him out of Colorado. I was like, please get this man. And when they drafted him, I was so happy. But just he's just another Raven that was just hit with injuries that he just could not overcome. What's going on, Joy? How you feeling? Um, yeah, uh, OBJ being a hype man. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought he would play better. Hopefully... He continues what he's been doing these past few games and, and leads this team in receiving because we sorely need it. I don't want them to overwork Zay Flowers. I don't want them to get him hurt because college, they play less games. They play less snaps. So, And the Ravens are forcing the ball to him. So OBJ needs to step up and not play 18 plays one game and 22 snaps the next game. You know what I'm saying? I, I, need, I need him to do more. I need him to do more. Yes, indeed. It's all good, bro. It's all good. We just come over here. We have discussions. That's what we do. That's what we do. All right. Next up, what do you guys think is the Ravens' biggest offseason priority? What position do you think that the Ravens need to address this offseason? Do you think we need to go heavy on wide receiver? Do you think that we need to bring in another running back? For me, I think it's obvious. I think the biggest offseason priority for the Ravens for some, they may say it's re-signing some players. Some may say we need to bring in some offensive help. I think for me, the biggest priority that the Ravens have this offseason is bringing in some guards. I think the Ravens need to get two guards and a tackle, to be exact. Um, John Simpson just isn't that guy. He never was. He never pretended to be. He never. It never stood out in training camp that John Simpson was going to be a fixture at left guard for us. He just was the best man of a bad bunch. Yeah, best man of a bad bunch. And I'm not sure we can trust Ben Cleveland. Uh, Kevin Zeitler's in the last year of his contract. He may be contemplating retirement because the Ravens did not offer him a contract extension this offseason. I don't even think that they bring him back. He's played better of late, but it was rough with him in the beginning of the season. 
And I don't think he's going to get any better. I think we need to start planning for the future, bringing some veterans and get this offensive line shored up. Oh, oh, the Packers. Oh, Packers are up. We need that. We I like that. Packers win seven nothing versus Kansas City Chiefs. I like that. This is uh, Patrick Mahomes' first trip to Lambeau Field. So we'll see how that goes. Osmond says the O-line. I agree. Yolanda B says the O-line tackle and guard. I agree with that as well. Big Red said they need to draft O-line every round. Um, I don't think so. I think um, I think first round we need to find a replacement for Ronnie Stanley to groom him. Not saying that he needs to take over Ronnie Stanley immediately, but like I said before, I think we need to take and replicate what we did with John Ogden. When John Ogden came in, we had a left tackle. They put him at guard. They let him play guard for his first season or his first two seasons. I can't remember. We need to bring in somebody, let him play guard, get acclimated to the speed of the NFL, and I think we need to bring in some proven talent at the guard positions. I don't think we can draft the uh, offensive line every round because if you've been watching these drafts, EDC can't draft offensive linemen. And that's not an opinion. That's a fact. If you look at the history of what he's brought in here, we spent third round picks on offensive linemen that we've released two years later. So, yeah. He says, when Ed Reed and Ray Lewis walk out the door, Flacco was trashed those years. It was hard to watch those Ravens games with Flacco at the end. Come on. Listen. He's not, he not on the team, so I don't want to go too hard. For Flacco, Paul. Um, but the thing I've always said about Flacco, did he was he lackadaisical? Yes. Do I think he prepared enough for games? I don't think that he did. Do I think that he took things as serious as he should have? No, because you can see times when he threw an interception if something didn't go right. He wasn't like other quarterbacks on a tablet talking to the offensive coordinator trying to figure out what went wrong. But also, if you remember when Flacco played, Flacco was pretty damn good. For us, there were many games where Flacco would drive us down the field. And as soon as we were getting toward the end zone, we get a holding penalty. We get a personal foul. We get something. Put us in third and long. Also, John Harbaugh, in my opinion, mismanaged Flacco. He brought in offensive coordinators that weren't conducive to utilizing Joe Flacco's talents. And we had this discussion earlier as well. Your offensive coordinator has to be yielding. He can't be rigid in his playbook and his play calling. He can't just say, you know what? This is the offense that I run. Go run it. You have to adapt to the talent that you have. Every quarterback's not going to be the same. Every quarterback doesn't run an offense the same. So you have to cater it to fit the talents of your quarterback. Joe Flacco, he thrived in a spread up-tempo offense. Like if you watch when we got down late in games, Joe Flacco just zip, 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 zip down the field. Then John Harbaugh and them go right back to West Coast offense. And West Coast, the West Coast timing offense was not best suited for Joe Flacco and his skill set. So he wasn't the greatest, but he isn't as bad as Ravens fans make it seem. Plus, if you think about it, after the Super Bowl, what did the Ravens do? What did the Ravens do immediately after the Super Bowl? They got rid of his number one target. He and Anquan Bolton had this relationship. They had this chemistry. And they said, you know what? Anquan, you making $4 million. We need you to take a pay cut, even though you were one of the primary reasons that we won the Super Bowl. And he like, I'm not taking no pay cut for what? 
they got rid of his weapons. And then you expected him to do things without people to throw to. And even with Anquan, Lamar, um, Joe Flacco never had a, a wide receiver like a lot of these quarterbacks do a number one bona fide wide receiver to grow with. He never had a guy that they drafted high that was the man, and him and Joe Flacco just got on tune year after year after year. They kept bringing in 32, 33, 34-year-old wide receivers. It was like, work with him for two years, and then we're going to do this all over again. So not the cape for Flacco, but he just wasn't as bad as um, a lot of people say he was. Attitude Pop says, did you see when Marlon said that OBJ said about why stop? Yeah, I saw something about that. And they were mumbling to each other on the sideline, talking about why stop what's working. And I think that to a lot of the Ravens players, even though John Harbaugh is the player's coach, I think a lot of them are getting tired of the same old schemes. They're getting tired of hiring coordinators, especially offensively, that when we have something that's working, and we've seen this time and time again with Greg Roman, we run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and we're killing them. We get down to the goal line, and now we want to pass three downs. If you got something that works, do it until they stop it. And I think that they're getting tired of it. And that's what I think Marcus Peters and John Harbaugh had that little uh, argument about. Hmm. Dr. Dre says, the biggest offseason is resigning Justin Matabike and getting the O-line together. Okay. AJ says, wide receiver O-line and quarterback. Got you. Joey says, revamp O-line. Definitely. We need to protect what we have. Listen, we paid Lamar Jackson $260 million. We need to protect that investment. And I still think to this day, they haven't done that. We've gone out here and we've signed defensive players for ungodly amounts of money. And it really didn't matter. Not a Ravens fan said a word. But when we say, hey, let's go out here and trade for this guy and get this guy, it's kind of like, ah, my pockets is kind of short. What's going on, Kimberly Harmon? Appreciate you for joining the stream. He says, hey, friend, what's up? Nothing. We just talking some Ravens talk for a little bit. And then we about to go watch this Kansas City game because, you know, it kind of affects our seeding in the AFC. That's right. MVP. Unanimous. LJ. All right. Ah, oh, man. All right, Doctor. So you said release Ronnie Stanley if he continues to struggle next season, save some cap. Uh, Ronnie Stanley has a $26 million cap hit next season. And I think if we cut him next season, I don't know how much of it will be dead money. And I don't think we can afford too much more dead money sitting on the cap if we want to actually sign some free agents that are going to come in here and help this team out. So I don't know if that's going to be anything good. Plus, we don't have a replacement for him. Patrick McCarry is not suited to be a left tackle, not even spot duty. He's not even suited to be a right tackle or a guard. But we pay the man a lot of money. So I think, you know, we're kind of stuck with – we're kind of stuck with uh, him for a little bit. Yes, Ferris. Yes, Ferris. They played him at guard. He did not start his tenure as a Baltimore Raven as the left tackle, as a starting left tackle. They put that man as a guard. That's why we were killing teams up front. That's how you win games. Ferris, you know that. Well, you would know this if the Giants were any good, but okay, it is what it is. All right. Kimberly says, Ravens toughest game is the 49ers on Christmas night hope the players stay healthy and play well against them listen um i thought that early in the season the game against the detroit lions was going to be the barometer and show what the ravens were capable of but we just went in and curb stomped them i don't think that showed our true ability i think against a defense like that 
this is going to give me the telltale sign of what the Ravens are offensively. Because if you watch the end of that game when they needed to put it away against the Eagles, that defense stepped up. I thought it was going to be different because um, I can't remember who it was. Was it Lane Johnson? Excuse me. It might have been Lane Johnson. Um, Nick Bosa went for a pass rush, and he pushed that young man to the ground. And I was like, oof. Oof. And not looking good, but they came back towards the end and did what they needed to do. All right. What else we got here? What's going on, Dre? What's up with y'all? Listen, it's my man, Mr. Galloway. Dre, Tuesday nights, we do a live stream, Electric Relaxation with Mr. Galloway, where we talk all things hip-hop, especially old school. Also, we interview people, just everyday people. We interview them, find out about their lives, especially YouTubers. We find out what they got going on. And this week, we have another very special guest. We have Chris Just Joking from the Deep Cover Podcast joining us. So make sure y'all tune in, 8 p.m. live stream. Tuesday night, my man, Mr. Galloway, Electric Relaxation with Mr. Galloway. Make sure you go over there and subscribe. All right. Now we got a word from our sponsors. All right, our sponsors. You got a word from me. That's right. If you are new here, appreciate you. Make sure that you like and subscribe and share this video so that we can push this on the YouTube algorithm so I can grow. I'm trying to grow. I appreciate everyone. And I want to thank you all for helping me hit 3,300 subscribers. We are on the road to 4,000. Hopefully we can make this happen by year's end because by 2025, I want to hit that 10,000 subscriber mark and do some things. And I do appreciate you all for showing me that love. All right, what else we got? What else we got? All right, Bazel, take it easy, bro. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Couldn't have done it without y'all. All right, what we got next? I think, well, and I guess in speaking in lines of Ravens off-season priorities, appreciate you, son. Uh, talking about Ravens priorities, there are three potential free agents that the Ravens have coming up. One, Geno Stone, one Patrick Queen, and one Justin Matabike. Um, if any, and this is another question that we had earlier in the Lunch Break Hot Take stream, if any, which one of these three or which combination of these three do you think that the Ravens should resign? For me, my answer was, I don't think we, we should resign any of them. Um, Justin Matabike, He's going to get in upwards of $17, $18 million per season. He is. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. Young man, get your money. But for me, it's just I need to see proven production over a period of time. I need to see you do this for multiple seasons. I need to see you get out there, be some one-on-ones, and make your presence known. Granted, he's done outstanding, amazing things this year. But for that kind of money, I don't want it to be a one-and-done look. It's not the same thing, but we paid Broderick Washington a $15 million contract extension, and he's done absolutely nothing since then. Absolutely nothing. He was a healthy scratch for a game, and he just isn't worth the, that little bit of money that we pay him. So I need Matt BK to do it again. I wouldn't resign Patrick Queen because Patrick Queen, to me, he's priced himself out of Baltimore. He has. And speaking of, there was a report or a sports track um, 
said that Patrick Queen was not a fan because sport tra sports track, what they do is they get projections to contracts that players may get in the next season. And they projected that Patrick Queen would get a four-year, $67 million contract. Apparently, that was not enough for him. That was not enough for Patch Queen, and he gave them the thumbs down. So I'm pretty sure looking at what Roquan got, I'm pretty sure Patch Queen is going to want $20 million a year or close to $20 million a year. I don't blame him. A couple years ago, C.J. Mosley got $17 million a year. So with the production that he's had the last half of last season and this season, he potentially deserves it. And just for me, paying two off-ball linebackers 20 mil a piece, that just ain't getting it. And I think that Roquan has kind of like that Ray Lewis effect, and he makes people around him better. So if we can get somebody kind of up to par to what Patch Queen does, I think Roquan will elevate them and we will be just okay. Because I think Mike McDonald's scheme makes our players better than what they really are. So I'd have to let Patch Queen go because I just don't think we will have the money to give him that. Now, Geno Stone, I can't give him that money either. I don't know what he's asking for, and I know the Ravens are trying to dumb down his price by playing him out of position because Marcus Williams came back, but I don't know if we can afford to pay him. We just paid a safety $70 million. We have Kyle Hamilton ball out of control, and eventually he's going to want a contract extension. Um, there was rumors that the Ravens offered Kyle Hamilton a contract extension, and he was like, nah, man, I can't do it. If I'm having a season that I'm having, I continue this, and I do it again next year, I'm going to make even more money. I'm not, I'm not taking what you're selling. I'm not buying what you're selling. So Geno Stone, he has to go. And not to say that we can't do it again, but Geno Stone was a seventh-round pick that we cut twice. So if we can – Draft somebody in the seventh round, cut him twice, and get that kind of production out of him. I'm fairly for certain that we can do it a second time. I'm fairly for certain we can come in and get somebody that can fill that role that he has. So for me, I don't think that we re we resign any of the three. I think that we need to shore up this offense way more than we need to shore up this defense. Oh, you said you thought I was leaving. My bad. <laughs> My bad. That's not, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> All right, son. I, when you when I'm done here, I'll hop over there. Oh, Cliffy, what's going on, my man? Appreciate you for dropping out the stream. Ah, uh, Queen and Stone. Okay, okay, I got that. Um, what's going on, Kimberly? Appreciate you for dropping out the stream. Uh, Joy says, "What do you think of the run and shoot one moons oilers? Can we do it with Lamar? No, 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 no. Listen." Uh, back in the day, I guess when I was more of a football novice, the, the running shoe was fun. The running shoe was it, it was very exciting. Who was it? Haywood Jeffries. Uh, what was the other guy's name? I know they had Alonzo Highsmith, Haywood Jeffries, and the two other guys. I can't remember the name. But the running shoe was fun. The running shoot put up a lot of numbers. But as you can see in the playoffs, it never was a good offense to run during the playoffs, especially when there was – Clement weather um the run and shoot was kind of the reason that the buffalo bills made history and came back from a 32 point deficit because they weren't able to run the ball they weren't able to run the clock out because their offensive line wasn't kind of built for that the offensive line was just built specifically for pass protection and if the pass game wasn't working they were kind of dead in the water so 
I don't think that the run and shoot would be a good offense for us to run, especially not nowadays. No, no, no. And then you would have to find three, four wide receivers that could actually play. We can barely find one. So, you know, that's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Listen, Jamal Laxon, Jamal Laxon. Make sure you go over to Spreadshop. It's in the description. If you want, you know, want some Jamal Laxon gear. Tell her if she wants something, I got her. I got her. All right. Just head off to the uh, no. Pickett's out for Thursday. I man, I figured he would be. I figured he would be. I don't know if Tricky Mitch is gonna get it done. Mm. And you're right, Stone might be the least expensive. But well, my Stone is going to be the least expensive of the three. Um, but you, you can't take. No matter what, you can't take away the fact that he has six interceptions on a year. He came out of nowhere, lead the league in interceptions. You can't take that away from him, but I just think that that's one luxury we cannot afford. We have two safeties, albeit the $70 million man is injury prone and just can't seem to stay healthy on the field. I just don't think that we have that money to allocate to another safety. And I think in the draft, we can get somebody that can fill that role or a cheap veteran that can come in and do what he does. Because ever since Marcus Williams came back, Geno Stone has not played the way that he's played once when they put him out there free safety. His tackling is subpar. His his play recognition isn't the best. Now, if you put him in center field and let him diagnose things and make plays, that's a different story. But I just don't think that you know we should have we should put that money into the defense. You know, we always say hashtag defund the defense, defund the defense. Because no matter what, if you have the right scheme, as you can see with us, you're going to make plays. You're going to do things. We lead the league in sacks. We do not have a dominant pass rusher that can win one-on-ones. We don't. We don't have somebody come playoff time, and this is the one thing that scares me about the playoffs. We don't have that one guy that when the game is on the line and we need somebody to come get a sack, we don't have that guy. It's all schemed up. So I think that being that we scheme things up very well, we can find that guy to come in and take that role for a lot cheaper price. Put that money, allocate those, those assets over to the offensive end. What's going on, Slim Smith? He said, I think they were banking on banking on Pitta to be that guy, and he never – they were. They were. I mean, he, back then – listen, back then the Ravens have were, and I guess they still are, we were tight and eccentric. Like we were relied on the tight end. That's why we always drafted two tight ends at the same time. And Pitta was Pitta was uh, Flacco's homeboy. He was his best friend. They did everything together. So, of course, he was trying to get him the ball, get him that money, get him that bigger contract. So, yeah. Yeah. He says, only if we didn't lose Javon Clowney. And that's another thing. We have to resign Clowney. We have to sign, resign Kyle Van Noy if we want to bring those guys back. Like it's just more than those three names that we have that we might lose. Gus Edwards might be gone. Kevin Zeitler might be gone. We might have to find a replacement for Morgan Moses. Odell Beckham's on a one-year contract. Um Nelson Aguilar's on a one-year contract. Bateman's entering his last year, his contract, because I doubt that they pick up his fifth year option. So it's a lot of people that we have to replace on this team, and we can't spend that money on these luxuries. Patrick Queen, if they did, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I get it. Justin Matter BK, I think the line could survive without him because, once again, we are a horrible run, run defensive team. And for all the sacks that he gets, they give up them runs, so I think we could find a suitable replacement for him without paying 18 mil a year. That's just in, abs, absurd to me. 
you have an $18 million defensive tackle, a $20 million off-ball linebacker, a $70 million safety. Like, we're the only ones that invest in nondescript positions. We're the only team that takes these positions that people don't find valuable and pour lots of money into them. And to me, that's why I think that we fail and struggle in the playoffs. And yes, Yolanda, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button if you are new. If you are new. That's why I made this a subscriber-only comments. So the subscribers could come in and make comments that they wanted. And, you know, because sometimes we get haters that come in here and just like to spam and leave certain things. But, yes, like, subscribe, help the channel out. All right. Final topic. Final topic. Final topic. Now, we're going to discuss the Ravens trade that's going to change the course and change the future of the Baltimore Ravens as we know it. As, as the Baltimore Ravens are constructed today, we're about to change the future. So at the end of the season, the one player that we need to trade. I know I put Ronnie Stanley on the cover on the thumbnail. I put Marlon Humphrey on the thumbnail. I think we should keep both of them. They're Ravens. You know, we need to keep those guys around. But for me, the trade that is going to help this team win in the future, it's going to take us to the next level. If you've watched previous episodes of mine, you'll know I love the Golden State Warriors. I'm a Golden State Warriors fan through and through, even through the struggles, the hard times. They're my team. There was once upon a time when the Golden State Warriors were coached by Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was a decent coach. He took the Warriors from obscurity and made them relevant in the NBA once again. But Mark Jackson had a ceiling. Mark Jackson could only take this team so far. And I think management knew it. I think he had coached them to their best record in like seven years or so. And even still at that time, even taking them to the playoffs, the ownership knew Listen, Mark Jackson ain't taking his team any further. So the very next year they traded and they got Steve Kerr. I'm sorry, they let him go and they got Steve Kerr and immediately won a championship. And I think for us right now, we have reached the limit and the ceiling of what we can do with John Harbaugh. Um, there's a stat in the NFL, and I know all stats and rules and everything can be broken. But nowhere in NFL history has a coach-quarterback combination been together for over five years and won a Super Bowl together in history. And the NFL is over 100 years old. They have never done this. Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh, six years together. So revisionist history would have you believe that we'll never win a Super Bowl with Jonathan Harbaugh. And if we don't do it this year, it's not coming. So the trade that I propose the Ravens make to take this franchise into the future is trading John Harbaugh for two first-round picks. Yes, indeed, I said it. And I know a lot of you are going to say, hey, Hendo, you just saying that because you don't like Harbaugh. I don't like Harbaugh. I'm not going to lie. I wanted this man fired 2012. 20, I'm glad I didn't have a YouTube channel back in 2012. Because in 2012, as we were going to the Super Bowl, as we were going, every game that we won, I'm saying, yo, fire this man. This is not going to be good. Fire this man on the way. So, yes, I have a very high disdain for him. But the only reason that I say we need to trade John Harbaugh for two first-round picks is because Mike McDonald, he seems to be the hot name in coaching right now. With the defense playing the way that it's been playing, the way that he turned his team around, the way that we are leading the league in sacks with not nobody really special on his defense, he's turning heads. And I know some people have said, hey, what we need to do is we need to do an Aussie EDC-type situation where you make him the highest-paid coordinator in the NFL with the promise that when John Harbaugh retires, he's going to be the next coach. He's going to be the coach in waiting. 
But coaching and GMing are two separate things. And I think when you get your opportunity to be a coach, that's why I think Ben Johnson in Detroit made a mistake because honestly, you don't know when you're going to get your next opportunity to be a head coach. You really don't. So if Mike McDonald doesn't take this opportunity next year, he may not get it again. So if they offer him a job, I think he's going to up and leave. And if he ups and leaves and his defense reverts back to its former self, we're in some trouble because we're going to lose pieces. We're going to lose Quinn. Matabike Stone, we're going to lose one of them at least. And where is that going to put this defense if we bring in another defensive coordinator that is not schematically clever as Mike McDonald is? So I say we trade Hallball, get two first round picks, pick up a stud, and let Mike McDonald take over the reins to the Baltimore Ravens. What y'all think about the trade? You think it's a good trade? You think it's a bad trade? I mean, eventually Hallball's got to go because after a certain amount of time, after a certain amount of time, your your words, your methods, your ways, they get kind of stale. You can be the greatest coach in history. You can be a Bill Belichick. But after a while, players get tired of hearing the same old, same old. They get tired of going through the same rigmarole. They get tired of the same endings to seasons. And they stop listening. And I think that's what's kind of going on here. And that's what happened with the OBJ and Marlon Humphrey situation. Because in the past, Marlon Humphrey would cape for John Harbaugh like nobody's business. But now you're like, yo, why are we doing the same things? Um, even Patrick Queen early in the season, he had he went to Twitter and was like, yo, something got to change. We can't keep doing this. So I think if we keep John Harbaugh around as the head coach, this team is only going to do do is the team isn't going to do anything but go down. He to some is a great coach. To some, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Yes, the man's won over 150 games in the NFL, which is an extraordinary feat. I give him that. But to me, how much of that had to do with actually coaching a Kuman and how much did that have to do with culture and players and fits? So I think right now the trade we need to make is let that man go to whatever team he wants to go to that's willing to give up those picks. Put Mike McDonald in that head coaching position and keep it pushing. And if Mike McDonald doesn't, doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Oh, well, at least we know the defense will stay intact. They're going to still run his schemes. And plus, with the two first-round picks, we have extra ammunition to get better players. So even if he does leave and we have to go in another direction and get another head coach, we'll be just fine. I think that this organization, I think this team will be fine as long as Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. So what say you? Oh, man. Whew. Hack went at 14-3. Yikes. Not looking good for my fantasy. Man, fantasy's been hard on me today. It's been pretty hard on me today. I think I lost four play five players to injury today. Fantasy has not been good. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I mean, a lot of people are gonna go for that. A lot of people are gonna be like, no, you know, what are we gonna do if we don't have hardball? We can't just trade him. Who are we gonna get? That's that's the Ravens fans favorite saying if we let him go who are we going to get well when we let brian billick go did we know who we were going to get did we know the individual that's going to coach the ravens and i think it turned out just fine for us so just like we let billick go we can let harbaugh go and i think we will be in a good place <laughs> daniel says i love it but nobody's giving up a frankfurter for harbaugh i disagree i disagree there are certain franchises because just like some of the ravens flock some other teams out there believes he is a competent head coach. If you watch some of the sports talk shows, they'll tell you 
John Harbaugh is a top five head coach in the NFL. There's a team out there that'll pay to make him the head coach of their franchise. He's won. He's won a Super Bowl. He's had what two losing seasons? Like he's to to the NFL. The facade that he's put up is he's a winner. He's a win. Listen, I'll take one first round pick, but I think uh, I think he needs to go. I think we need to do something. Whatever we need to do to keep Mike McDonald around, I think he's an asset to this team. I no longer think John Harbaugh is an asset to the team. 16 years in coaching, 16 years of coaching a franchise, and you still have clock management issues. You still have issues when to call a timeout. You still have issues when to challenge a play. Your team is very undisciplined. We get some of the worst personal fouls and flags just because we're not disciplined enough to keep it together, and that falls on the head man. That falls upon leadership, so I think – we need to get him out of here. But there are some that believe he can turn it around. Just like if you look at some of these quarterbacks out here, somebody thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was worth being a, a franchise quarterback. He wasn't. But they paid him anyway. The Las Vegas Raiders paid him anyway. Franchise out here thought McCorkle Jones was going to be a franchise quarterback. Most of us knew he wasn't. But there was one team that believed him. All you need is one team to believe that you can get something done. And they can make that happen. And facts, facts. A lot of that was Ozzie Newsom. And I wouldn't do that to Brodney, even though it would be funny. It would be hilarious. And I wish that it could happen. But the charges, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. No, we can't give up the first. We need as many draft picks as we get. We can get. We don't draft well. We need as many swings as the plate as we can possibly muster. We do not draft well. Now, I know the team looks like we draft well. We don't draft well. EDC has had the most, the most draft picks over the last six years. The most. And we don't have much to show for it. We got Patch Queen. We got Kyle Hamilton. Hopefully Zay Flowers. Tyler Linderbaum. Who else? Matabike. We don't have much. Out of 40-something draft picks, we can pop, we couldn't even name 10 people that he drafted well. So yeah, we can't we can't relinquish the first round pick. All right, listen, hour and 10 minutes didn't plan on being here this long. Still 42 people here in this live stream. Appreciate you all for hanging out with me. Make sure on your way out, way out if you are new here to like and subscribe, share it with your friends, replay it, do what you need to do to put me on that YouTube algorithm and so they can help push the video out. We're trying to grow here, we're trying to do things. We got plans, me and the crew. But if you like the content that I bring you and you want to see something better, make sure you check out the crew. Coach Evans from Sip the Tally Films. He does stuff every day of the week. He breaks down plays. He breaks down players. He has a second channel, more Sip the Tally, that does content on 31 teams in the NFL where Sip the Tally is all about the Baltimore Ravens. Also, you can catch myself, Jose, Brodney from Lunch Break Hot Take, Chris Just Joking for Deep Cover Podcast, OTR Mike from Open Mike with OTR Mike with Coach Evans every Monday night at 9 p.m. on the Ravens Roundtable recapping all Ravens news. We will not be there tomorrow, though. It is our bye week. Thank goodness. Also, check out Chris Just Joking. Uh, whenever they do a stream, or whenever they do a video, they do a video, but they do it very well. Lunch break hot take every Wednesday night, 
7.15 p.m. Make sure you check those guys out. They are dope in what they do. If it was not for them, I would not be here right now. They also have a podcast with OTR Mike, who has Open Mike with OTR Mike. Check him out. Dope content. It is not about sports. It is about everything, including sports, but more importantly, it is about life. But they do a podcast together called Ring Kings Podcast. Check that out if you are a boxing fan. Also, Tuesday night, 8 p.m., myself, Dre, Electric Relaxation, Mr. Galloway. Check us out also, my main man. First, the highlights. Make sure you check them out. Let's Get Ready Network. They have a lot of dope content over there. I think they have like 75 channels over there that encompasses different things, sports, trivia, music, movies. They do it all. Make sure you check us out. Also, I thought I had the, I thought I had the, the thumbnail for it, but Tuesday nights. 9.45 p.m. Check out Ho- check out Brodney and Suge Knight, Suge Knight 323, where they do the Steel Conspiracy Talk and everything, Ravers, Ravens, Steelers, and Panthers. Sometimes it might be there. Sometimes it might be not. I don't know. It depends on how I feel that day. But I do appreciate you all for hanging out. Reg, we are not doing a two-hour stream. We're not getting to an hour and a half. I want to watch this game. I want to see Kansas City get beat. And then I'll watch this Kansas City YouTuber and watch their fans cry about it because now they're dropping down in the AFC. Appreciate you, Joey, for always supporting the channel. Like I said, make sure you like, subscribe before you leave. Also, if you want to further support the channel, go over to patreon.com forward slash R-O-U-G forward slash (laughs) R-O-U-G and become a patron today. You get special perks. You get into the Fantasy Football League. You get into the Pick'ems League. You can win a ring like this. I don't even want to bring the belt out because, you know, they say I brag too much because I win everything. But you get video, extra video content. You get perks. You get discounts on certain things. So if you want to help this channel grow and we put it all back in. Forgot to mention that you just being here gets you loyalty points where we give away a prize at the end of every month. You commenting, you subscribing, you donating to the channel. Everything that you do helps this channel out and we pour everything. Myself and all the fellas for their channels, we pour everything back in to the channels to get back to you. How many YouTubers do you know that give back to their fans on a constant basis, on a monthly basis? It's not many of them. All they do is take, 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 take. take. Okay, Jose. Jose says my belt. So he going to make me do it. He going to make me do it. Jose say my belt. I don't think that's Jose's face on there. This is my fantasy football championship belt that I won last year. So... Like I said, make sure you come become a patron. You can also get access to the Discord where you can help myself and the fellas. It is a really good time. And no, Joey, I did not forget. Sometimes you will get Yolanda B. Raven. She will join us on the streams and help us deliver you some of this dope content. So appreciate you guys. <laughs> Your face belongs. <laughs> did you win, Jose? Did, did you win the title last year, Jose? You did not. You know, as you can see, I won the titles. Uh, where's my, see, it's got moved. I will show you my LBHT title as well. Cause you know, they have fantasy football over there as well. Make sure you check them out. I won that as well. Come in, challenge me, see if you can beat me. I don't like to brag, but appreciate you all. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. I appreciate you all for hanging out with me for this last hour and 15 minutes. I did not think I was going to be here that long, especially since I was streaming solo. I thought I was going to have a co-host, but she never showed up. That's all I'm going to say. But I appreciate y'all anyway. Thank you for hanging out with your boy. And until next time, I'm out.